Shiramadi podcast is another, another, another story altogether. How's everybody doing? Welcome back to the Shiramadi Pizzle Pop. This is your man, Mr. Mizzlebop, and I'm telling you a couple of good tales of woe and wow. That's pretty dope. That's what Charmity Podcast is. You can find it at charmitypodcast.com, Stitcher Radio, iTunes Radio. Tell your friends, family, neighbors, patients. This is how we get the whole, oh my God, how am I going to survive? The, oh my God, thank I'm, God I'm alive. So we tell our story about uh, something that's too crazy and heartbreaking not to laugh at. That's what this podcast is all about. The woes of the job is a... EMS caregiver is a fireman, police officer, nurse, doctor, game warden. We're out there doing the damn thing in the name of the Lord and the population at large. Doing it right and keeping the population sane and safe. Those are all pretty good taglines. And it's Uncle Ken here again, bringing you another episode on, uh, geez, I can't even tell you what quarantine day it is for us. It's, we've hit the doldrums, we're in the horse latitudes. You ever heard that term, horse latitudes? That was a term that uh, came out of people sailing across the oceans. There's a certain level, if you're sailing, where you miss the Gulf Stream, you miss the different winds, and there's just a period where there's zero wind. And so people would get stuck there for weeks. Sailors would get caught in the, the horse latitudes for weeks without any ability to sail out. They'd have motors, buddy. <laughs> so they get stuck in the horse latitudes. And in order to catch any minute wind, any breeze, they had to lighten the load. And what did that mean? Well, it meant throwing the horses overboard so that they could sail on just the slightest of breezes. Trying to make sense and have fun at the horse latitudes. That's us, right? What a good story, Ken. What else do you have to tell us? Uh, well, like I said, it's the middle of this this limbo we call quarantine. And everybody out there is trying to make the best of it, just like myself. Now, us caregivers, we've been out there doing it, you know, the whole time. Haven't had to deal with sitting at home going cabin crazy with family members pretty bad, but it could be also very, very good. My hope is that you've been using this to your advantage, and whether that means sleeping in for a change, having a few pops with your significant other, going out throwing the ball around with the family, with the kids, whatever it is, get out, getting lost on a hike, getting goofy out there. Calling up friends you haven't spoken to for a while, you know, doing it, zooming it out. Hopefully it's going to your advantage because we may not get another chance like this again. Uh, yeah, it's it's a scary wake-up call. That's what I would call this. I'd call this a practice run. So, first, the professional stuff. What exactly are we dealing with with this virus? Now, <clears throat> at the risk of sending political and uh, sounding scientific as if I'm an expert and a politician. Uh, I'm going to delve into this bravely, not brazenly. 
and tell you what I've found so far working in the field. And then I'll talk about what I think should happen coming up here. And then just, you know, a couple of ways of viewing this opportunity, viewing this, as Hillary Clinton says, you don't let a crisis um, go um, without, without toying with it. What did she, how did she say it? Ugh, okay. Um, saying what everybody thinks but doesn't say. Gotta hand it to her. She's not afraid to uh, explain how, how best to capitalize on people. So if I haven't already dissuaded you to listen, listen up further. I'm going to get a little deeper. So um, been out there working, doing it, seeing people run on maybe a half dozen confirmed COVID patients. Um, possibly more, but I don't know. I don't know about those, but the ones I've gone on that were confirmed positive. So yeah, it's about, about five or six of them. And they were all surprisingly doing well. Now, here's the issue. I don't want to start telling tales out of school and saying that this is uh, something that we can we can ease off our, our apprehension. Because I, I, uh, I know, look at New York, look at Italy, look at uh, Wuhan, look at anywhere, anywhere in the country here where we're seeing L.A. possibly. There is an influx. There is a lot of people that I do believe got it and died. Now, the number's been, it's been tweaked slightly. If you haven't heard, you will be hearing it and you will be seeing news footage of how they're classifying COVID deaths. And, and we'll talk about why, why that might be going on. I'll give the best and worst case scenarios for why that could be. So listen, so like I said, we're going to about five, six calls. Now, elderly, one of them, elderly, won't say who they are. You may know one or two. They might have been covered in the news. But uh, they, the, it was basically transferred from one family member, a younger member who's working, to an older member. Both of them, both of them were doing all right. Um, listening for my son, I thought I heard him. Both of them were doing fine. Uh, when I showed up on the uh, the father, the father had been running a temp for about four or five days and decided that he felt too weak to stay at home and wanted to go back into the hospital. <sighs> running a temp of about 102. Uh, another couple of them, one of them was just the same situation. She couldn't get out of bed and just felt sick, was coughing, had not, you know... Um, a couple of them. One was um, body aches and pains. Okay, so typical flu-like symptoms, and that's what I've seen. That's what I've seen. That's what I, my crew has come across. Obviously, there's much, much worse people off. Actually, the last patient I had uh, had been in contact with people that had uh, potentially had COVID, also was a smoker, had COPD, would not quit smoking could not as she said very difficult to quit smoking uh, for sure because you got COPD you possibly have COVID and you keep you keep smoking um, so like I said they, 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 the last one I ran on big 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 risk factors elderly overweight lung issues prior to the COVID these people are out there and we are running on them and it's dangerous uh, for them, 
But let's rethink how serious it is for us. For us young, in the prime, people walking around, we, I feel pretty confident facing this thing. Now, based on the infrastructure right now, ready to support me if and when. Also based on the fact that I got sick in January uh, to the point where I had a partial collapsed lung. Um, and I was still working. I was still working. Secondary pneumonia, most likely that, again, my couple family members had the same thing and we were blown away because usually very healthy, don't have that kind of issue. Uh, so, so what I think, January, a lot of people had it, has gone through the population. There's going to be, when the antibody tests come out, a much larger swath of society that has had it, has dealt with it, did just fine. So there's numbers that they were talking about, point, you know, from 3 to 4% or 3 to 6% initially, now it dropped to 0.3%. They're now even saying down to 0.01%. Is that true? 0.01% or even 0.1% is insane. And that would be the amount of people that have serious or death related to the COVID. So, okay, people, that's already lower. I don't believe that it can be that low because that is lower than the common cold. That's normal than the flu. Flu kills upwards of, you know, 20 to 40,000 people every year, just the common flu. So it is higher than that. It, it, it must be. Otherwise, this is insane. We should be, if you know, think about that. If the common cold is doing that to us, we would have to quarantine every year, every November to March. And that we are not doing. That would be a ridiculous decision. And it would shut and destroy the infrastructure of the economy and destroy this, this culture. I mean, everything would have to be rethought. Now, that's kind of what's happening now, but... I'll leave that for a second. You know, we, we need we need to think about how how we are going to handle this. How the hell am I going to handle this? And now for me, I'm out there working. Doesn't change my job one bit. I go back, I hang out with the people that I've been hanging out with for five years. We jaw jack. We go and save lives. We jump into a fire. You know, do what we're supposed to do. And I get back and. The lady, the kid have to relate to me what it's been like with going stir crazy in the house. Not being able for her to go out and see her friends that she misses dearly, which is a difficult thing for her. Think about it. not only that, she's cooped up with the kid. She can't go out and see anybody just to kind of blow off some steam. So, and she's got my parents right down the street that she had, you know, she can't go to. Well, come on. What what woman, what significant other wants to go to their in-laws to um, the trash talk? Not really going to work out to, to her advantage. So <clears throat> I feel bad for her. She doesn't have anything else to do. She can do her online cooking courses here and do all the stuff that she's... By the way, take a look at that. Um, um, go, go online. Go online and take, take a look at... Um, um, why am I blanking on the name? Hang on. Um, okay, I'll get to it. But go and check out her website. And if you got friends and kid, friends with kids or you got kids yourself, she's doing online cooking courses for them during the quarantine. So that's a pretty badass little thing. I'm actually giving her a hand with this. 
And it's going pretty well. It's pretty pretty good. She's having fun with people. She's having a good time. And I'm having pretty pretty good time doing it with her too. Anyway, <clears throat> so what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do while this is going on? And I'll tell you, it's difficult. It's difficult. Poppy seed cooking, right? Poppy seed cooking? I think that's what it is. Pasha, don't yell at me. If I got it wrong, I apologize. Poppy, poppy seed? Yeah. Uh, anyway, that take a look at poppy seed cooking. Let me see if I type it in, if I can get it. So, okay. Poppy seed cooking group. That's it, baby. Nailed it. Uh, go and just go in and check in and we stream videos. I'm the guy working the camera. Pretty dope. Not going to lie. Now, uh, when I get home, you know, we got to deal with the onslaught of what's been happening at the homestead here. Then I can relate to her what's been going on out in the world. And that's how we live. And then when I get back, I go and run and uh, screw around and uh, hike and I'm writing and all that. All right. The bottom line is I get to do what I need to do while the rest of the population is now going a little nuts and is, is just slowly depleting their accounts. This can't go on indefinitely. Just like any any big action, you got to know your entrance and your ex- exit strategy. And the exit strategy here used to be, let's do it, we, we get back to work when we flattened the curve. Well, what the hell happened to that? That's gone now. We, we flattened the curve, done. But now it's wait for a cure. And that ain't going to happen. Possibly never. It's not going to happen for months to years. And, and we can't wait indefinitely for that. We don't have a cure to most viruses. But we learn how to soldier on. So <coughs> the whole issue here is this, man. It's become so political that you have to say... By saying we need to go back to work or we need to stay home has now become some kind of debate between liberal and conservatives, man. And it doesn't have to be. Let's just take a look at this, study the data, and make the scientifically correct decision. Sweden's doing good now, isn't it? Sweden didn't even, you know, have a big surge. Our infrastructure is already ready to support a surge which we don't see happening right now. So what we need to do, ladies and gentlemen, what I propose is send the most virile of people back to the workforce. This is what I believe most states are doing, save California. And sending those people that need to work, that have to work to support themselves and that are capable of working and remaining healthy i.e. age groups of 18 to 45, back, send them back. Allow them to get back to work. Once they get there, the goal is for a trickle-down exposure to COVID with the ability to have clinics, emergency rooms, hospitals available to handle arise in the people that contract the virus. And I'll tell you what, we have that already. We, we have a huge, right now in hospitals, there are so little patients. People are so hesitant to go in that there are empty ghost town hospitals 
nurses are being furloughed. There is no one in there. I actually went in the other day. I had a little weird type of stroke thing that kind of went down, which I can get into if we have time later. I got treated, boom, 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 boom. Immediately. Doctor came in four or five times, asked how I'm doing, how I, how's my work, how's everything going for us. I got to go to the CT scan within, they put the order in, I was in there in about 15, no, it was like 17 minutes. Um, anyway, so hospitals are wide open. So if and when there is another upsurge in COVID contraction, the hospitals are completely capable of handling that influx. Trust me, it, 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 is, it is why we set up the things that we did to set it up. It's why we have a surplus of respirators now and why we have a surplus of N95s and separate tents and, and areas to treat the COVID patients isolated from the rest of the pop. In this area where I am, now we could be talking about some other place where you don't have such high, uh, such a high reserve, such a high surplus of people on equipment. But here in California, we are ready. We are ready for the influx if and when it happens. In fact, we're, we're willing for it to happen. Nurses are getting furloughed. They got nothing. They're going to go. They're going to go off. Excuse my emotion, but what the hell is going on? We're ready for it. We are ready and prepped. So uh, 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 push the ball. Hey, hey, put it into motion. We got to do this at some point. This is it. This is the end. This is the end game is reintroduce people into society. If you're healthy, you are willing and you have a necessity to get back to work and get your lives and momentum of life moving forward go. Who's stopping us? Hey, politicians, step aside, boy. We don't need your permission. So we got this big issue. Somewhere along the lines in this country, somewhere along the lines in this country, we had this this, uh, change in our understanding of our basic rights where now we ask, am I allowed to do this? Am I allowed to do this? What am I allowed to do? Where does it say in a constitution or in the laws that I'm allowed to do this? This is wrong. I don't know where this, I don't know where this came from. We got some rights here initially that have always existed as soon as this country was created, that's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that's it, okay? And now we got it for everybody. We don't segregate. We don't, uh, we don't prejudice based on anything. Legally, it's there. It's illegal to do so. So our rights are there to do that. But somewhere along the lines, it changed from what am I... You know, as we say now, what what am I allowed to do? When initially it was, I'm allowed to do everything unless I have legislated that that is something I cannot do. In other words, the law was for you to say, everything else is allowed. 
you're legally allowed to do everything else except for these things that I'm specifying specifically that are not allowed, that are not legal. And that's basically things that would impinge upon somebody's life, liberty, or pursuit of happiness. Basically, it's the kind of the litigious way of saying do unto others as you would do unto yourself, right? You are allowed to do anything under the sun as long as it doesn't affect somebody else's ability to do the same. So now we're asking politicians, well, am I, am I allowed to do this? Am I allowed to do this or that? Rather than, hey, I'm going to do this. And if you don't want me to do that, you need to explain to me why I'm not allowed to do this or that. Why I'm not allowed to go surfing. Why am I allowed to run on the beach, but not allowed to swim in the water? What the, what the hell, what the, what the H is going on here? In other words, you don't get to tell me, I don't need to ask you for every specific right that I have. I have all these rights, unless you've said no, you can't do that, and with me having the fair opportunity and uh, power to change that, to say, why can't I do that? And when it's explained to me, I say, okay, I get that. I understand why that would be dangerous, then I won't. But when I hear something, you know, in other words, why, why do I, um, why am I not allowed to go rob a store? Okay. All right. That's a stupid one, but because you're stealing, you're taking something from somebody. Why, why am I not allowed to tap a girl on the ass in the workplace? Because you're kind of screwing up her, her liberties, her, her freedom. And a pursuit of happiness by me doing that. I'm impinging about somebody's rights. Well, I was doing it for a nice reason. Yeah, but she doesn't like it. All right, fine. Good. So that makes this perfect amount of sense. Okay. But when it comes down to something where I don't under, I don't believe it. In other words, why the, why the hell can I go swimming? Why can't I jump into the ocean? Well, then I have the ability to go to the legislation, legislature and vote against that. And we haven't had an opportunity yet to do that. So um, you could already tell that I'm Swiss cheese in this whole damn thing. But the, here's the thing. You don't get to tell me all of the things that I'm allowed to do. You can specify a few things that you think I can't do. And I have the right to say, yes, I can. And we're going to look at this on our court of law. And oh, by the way, you're not going to get voted in next year. Oh, by the way. You're supposed to be a mirror of what I want, or what at least not myself, but the majority of the population wants. And if you're flying off the handle doing what you want specifically, if you want the power to tell me no for no other reason than to show authority, guess who's getting voted out? Guess who's not keeping a job? You see? It's bullshit. It's, it's the BS. And I'm not going to swear on this because I... I do feel like this might go out someplace, and I don't want people to think that I'm stupid. Um, now, so when we're dealing with this, this is, um, hang on, sorry, now listen, I got the kid here, and I thought that he was waking up, so I'm watching him. Here's the situation. You, I, I vote we get back into this damn thing. We go back. My vote is this. I can do it. I'm healthy. I'm young. I'm a swinging dude. 
I can I can rock and roll, you know, and uh, and, and I can I can participate in getting this economy, getting this world back in motion. Those of you who can do that, let's get back to the let's get back to the dance. Let's start moving forward. Those of you who can't, stay at home. Stay at home. It's going to be tougher for you for a while yet. You're going to have to deal with the fact that you're not going to be able to go out because it's risky until herd immunity occurs, until the majority of the population has been exposed. There's enough antibodies that this virus ain't jumping as easily from person to person so that you can venture out in a few months without as high a risk of contracting it as you have now. Even though there's no guarantee that there would be death. A very, very, very slight chance, in fact, that you would have, you would die from it. You might get sick, you might present with normal cold flu symptoms, but it's not worth the risk to you. You see, it's not worth it. If you are elderly, you don't need to go work. If you're retired, you don't need to get up and go out into the society right now. Choose your battles wisely. Choose where you go and how long you stay there and how close you get to people and how much you fraternize. And, oh, choose your protective equipment. Make sure you're wearing a mask. And if it's a really big issue, maybe you can make a visor. Put a visor on when you go out. Oh, buy some latex or nitrile gloves online. Get a pair. Get a box of them. You'll be covered. Stay at home. Don't go out unless you absolutely have to. That's it. You can still find gloves. You can still find masks. You can still find disinfectant wipes. Use them, but stay at home. Don't risk yourself. The rest of us, get back to work. Do our responsibility. Do for your country, you know, as you know, what you can do. Which is... Get it, get it moving forward again. And um, if you get exposed, so be it. That's part of the herd immunity. Luckily, we have a giant hospital infrastructure that's starving for patients and <clears throat> has already had practice dealing with this disease. We're getting closer to knowing what medication to give for it. We're getting closer to doing Screening with antibody tests, which you better believe I'm going to be first in line for that because I'm pretty damn certain I had it. I would be surprised if I haven't had it yet. Just put it that way. So, and then we get back and that's it. That's what we're dealing with. That's what we're dealing with. And so let's get it going. Like, what are we waiting for? It just feels like there's these politicians that are so afraid not because they're afraid to get people sick. And honestly, I, it's because they don't want to make the wrong decision so that they get voted out the next election. They don't want to be the one that says, oh, let's do it. And then there's an upsurge of people, or not even an upsurge, but maybe some important person's parent dies of COVID. Some important politician's parents or a manufacturer's parents, Elon, you know, let's not use, you know, let, let, let's say somebody who's high up in PG&E or, or Ford and, and their relatives die, you know, in U.S. Steel and their relatives die of COVID. Well, guess what? That person holds a lot of sway 
and a lot of bucks go towards politicians. And if that person's parent or friend or family dies, or they do, or for whatever reason doesn't approve of that decision, that politician is on the outs. And that's why they're not pulling the trigger on this. They don't want to do something that in the end costs them their votes, their job as a politician. I suppose I can understand that to a certain degree. I could suppose if it's their job, it's their job, right? But their job is to uphold our best interests. And this is it. This is the best interest. We have a couple of nets, safety nets that are up to catch us if and when something goes wrong. But we got to move forward. As I said, I'm not seeing the kind of death that I assumed I would see four months ago. I have not technically seen any of them. Now, even that being the case, there's a lot of conspiracy and scuttlebutt that goes on that's saying these deaths that are attributed to the coronavirus, they're not actually due to coronavirus. They're due to people that natural causes or associated causes of chronic disease on people that happen to test positive for coronavirus. In other words, a lot of cardiac arrests have been classified as corona deaths. People that are in chronic congestive heart failure that have a heart attack, that were sick, maybe even in hospice before corona started, they end up contracting it and dying of the same disease that has been laboring their immune systems for years in some cases. But because they tested positive with coronavirus, they consider that a coronavirus death. Now, you know and I know that is not correct. Maybe there was a contributing factor. It's a comorbid factor. It is not the essential reason why that person died. They're already at risk, and that's a problem. Now, with the addition of coronavirus, it's going to reflect. Well, yeah, it's going to get hearts one more needle on the back of the camel. And possibly the needle that breaks the camel's back. But all of those other contributing factors have been taxing this person for years and years and years. But with the added a bit of the coronavirus, yes, that pushed them over the edge. Okay, that one I can even, I can understand, attributing that to coronavirus. There are other people, stroke patients. They had a stroke, but what's the coronavirus have to do with the stroke? There's no consideration. Now, I've heard people go, oh, well, it's maybe causing blood clots in younger groups. And we don't know that. Again, we don't know that, but they are putting people, young people, the only target demographic of people my age, they have said that there's a possibility that the coronavirus is causing uh, blood clotting. And so several of the of heart attack patients and stroke patients of younger people that happen to have tested positive corona. Well, it could be a direct correlation between the virus itself having a propensity to create blood clots. Okay. It's an even further stretch, but okay. Okay. The other day, I, I heard that, uh, 
I can't even imagine this is true, but what I heard was if someone, even there had been a situation where patient had gotten into a fatal car crash due to positive coronavirus test, that was attributed to the virus. Not to the car, not to erratic driving, not to blunt trauma force, but to the coronavirus. Are you kidding me? I hope that is a wife's tale, because that is insanity, and I shouldn't even be talking about it. But regardless, by doing this, I've heard several theories on why they're attributing so many ancillary deaths to directly caused by the virus. And there's, there's a couple of them. They, one of them was that uh, they're getting more government funding by calling it a coronavirus death. I heard somewhere around the, the neighborhood of eight grand goes to the hospital for a positive coronavirus patient. If that patient is put on the respirator, it's around $30,000 that they're given for uh, equipment for whatever grants is something to the extent. So they are more willing to call it a coronavirus death if that's the case. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's, you know, real, but I would hate to think that that's going on. The other thing could be that they just don't know what this virus does fully. So they're just creating more of a blanket answer for these people to be considered, well, maybe it causes blood clots, in other words. Well, maybe it causes gastrointestinal issues along with the respiratory stuff. And maybe it did speed up their deaths. But it's not going to help. In other words, if you keep reclassifying these deaths as coronavirus deaths, if we are getting in to do research right now and always to create some kind of uh, some kind of uh, antibody t- um, um, some kind of immunization or something we're skewing what we need to attack in this system hey bud we're skewing and we're putting down incorrectly what needs to be addressed with this virus how to attack it and what medication is best to attack it in other words Do we really need to have a medication that attacks the respiratory system, the coronavirus that's in the respiratory system, as well as one that always treats the gastrointestinal system? Because it would take different medications and it's going to take different kinds of um, treatments to get to both of those types of cells. And it's going to make the process of creating some kind of vaccine much, much longer when it doesn't need to be because it actually isn't the people aren't actually dying of the coronavirus they're dying of some kind of body you know failure as the coronavirus being a very small percentage of of that part of the death in other words we're slowing down the 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 ability we have to create a vaccine And then furthermore, in the future, we just screw all the numbers. We're not going to actually have a good percentage of what, uh, of of the actual number of people that directly died of this virus. And if this is due to some freaking politics, man, I'm telling you, science is officially being stepped on by politicians. It's officially being 
altered in the name of political rights. We can see it happening, and it's disgusting. Keep your humanities, I heard this great saying, keep your humanities away from my hard science. Keep them away. Let's get back to the basics. We want, beyond all the politics, we want the facts, we want the ability to save people, we want the truth, as close to the truth as possible. And if you keep skewing things to include something else, we're lying to ourselves. And in the end, it's just making it harder to get back on track. So, when you go, do you see what I mean, buddy? Do you see what I mean? So here's the thing. Get back out. The workplace is what I think. Get back out there. Wear the masks yourself. Stay six feet away. I'm not going to be walking up and kissing strangers. Okay? I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to overly risk catching anything. But at the same time, I'm pretty confident when I go out there and do my job, even my job, I'm not going to contract it. Wear the right equipment. When you go out there, be responsible. You know, respect the, the virus. Respect your uh, fellow neighbors and, and friends and, you know, countrymen. And wear the stuff. And beyond that, get back to work. Let's do this. Let's do this. We got a re-entry plan. Come on. We're hitting the Omaha Beach. Let's roll, baby. And... um I guarantee it's not going to be the numbers that we're so concerned with. Hey, bud, hang on. Being said, oh, I, oh, I don't know how, how you've been explaining, how you've been exploring your time off. I hope you know. Uh, I, I actually, um, for better or worse, didn't drink. I have not drank, and about I don't know. I mean, basically since the holidays. Or I had a few, but uh, I've been just getting back to the the the, the, the friggin' plan. My goal, as I tell people, is um, I'm going to do a triathlon. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe I know. But I've been swimming in the ocean, and I've been uh, running every day, getting up at 5, and I'm writing. Now, what am I writing about? Well, Papa's not going to tell you. Papa's not going to tell you, but there's something coming out that's going to be, a, a hopefully, a finished work of paper and ink and I'll stock it and I'll sell it and I'll appreciate it and I'll love it I can't wait so anyway I'm just getting up and getting using the time off and that's all to say I'm not drinking which is all to say what the hell else am I going to do and I found all these other things so I'm just working out every day and I'm just uh, writing every day almost every day and in the meantime playing with this little dude here and the dog and the wife, and that's it. And that's, anyway, that's good stuff. I don't know, I love it. I'm actually having a good time. But, of course, I'm not stuck inside this home 24-7. I actually get to do the job. And I'm telling you, there are a lot of people that are suffering from some depression right now. There's actually a rise in um, domestic violence. Not to laugh. I mean, this is just, these are the facts right now. It's, it's, it's effed up, man. Kids are getting hit, wives are getting smacked, husbands are getting frying pans to the face, more so than if people were back to work. And it's just because tensions rise when everybody's stuck with each other week after week. So we also have to take into consideration the amount of people where this is negatively affecting them, not in the pocketbook, but in the heart and in the face. 
So, yeah, we are down um, some jobs. But we're also, we've seen, um, we've seen a rise in the deaths of, from corona, but we also have seen a total drop in the number of people in car accidents. But the ones that I'm seeing now are people flying down the freeways at 100 miles an hour or more. I think they said that number's up like 83%, so they said, the CHP. It's insane. Crime is like 830% of people driving over 100 miles an hour. Tickets for that are up like 83% or 183, 864,492%. Just to show you how my numbers work. But uh, that's it. So why, why was I talking about this? What the hell was I talking about? By the way, I, I'm starting to go a little bit loop de loop When you get up in the morning, 5 a.m., and you don't get to bed... All day, and then you got a kid to play with. You get a little bit of loop de loop. You get a little hey, you get a little ha ha slap, slappy. Where do you want to go, buddy? You get slipped out. You know, you I mean you, your cogs kind of don't line, line up. But that's all right. This is kind of part of the fun of the new experiment to see uh, what happens to uh, to to me um, in the midst of this chaos. So uh, I hope that you're all getting a chance to go do something that you haven't had the ability to do. Because you got some time off. Uh, use it. I'm just trying to use it to my advantage. Because, hey, like I always say, if you got it, use it. Make hay. Make hay while the sun shines and so forth. All right. This is the third time doing this thing. I, and I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> my experience with coronavirus patients is very different than somebody else's. And I'm dying to speak to them about their situation, their family or friends that have the virus. And and another perspective is what I'm looking for. They're out there. I want to speak to them. And I want, if anything, their relatives, you can't get it back can't get back their their deaths i i am so sorry that it happened let's put it towards some good use which is understanding this disease understanding the risk of it appreciating the people that had to sacrifice their lives for this or that did and if they've died we got to find out the best and the most accurate information we can about this so that we can develop vaccines, screening procedures, surgeries, medication protocols that will keep the rest of the country and the world really at all safe, healing quickly and prepared for another onslaught if and when that occurs. So, yeah, it is a big deal that we've had this situation, but it really is a kind of practice run because of how relatively uncontagious <clears throat> it is for, for most of the population. That does not take away from the, the, the broken lives that have occurred because of someone dying. And I'm not... I'm not uh, throwing dirt on that in the slightest. I don't like the idea of people taking advantage of these deaths in any way by saying, 
let's shut everything down because, uh, you know, because they're gaining something personal, but they use the deaths as an excuse. What we need to use them for, if we're going to use them for anything, is to learn to keep our population safe and healing and moving towards some kind of progressive ending where we come out of this with our landing on our feet and we're ready to work. So I hope now we're going to keep that exit strategy slash entrance strategy. You can use this time to your advantage by getting a new habit, getting, getting a new lifestyle trend and practicing it and ramping yourself up so that when you hit the ground, your engines have been revving and your tires hit the ground and they chirp and, and you're off and running to the races rather than I just got hammered the whole time, which I'm okay with that too. If it's something that you haven't done in a long time and you're using it pretty if you appreciate the fact that you get to do that, basically, that's the thing. So just appreciate the damn time you got because, man, I've had some scares recently. I have a tendency to walk around scared and um, a hesitancy to appreciate just because I feel like as soon as I appreciate something, it gets taken away. It's a scary thought, but what the hell kind of life is that to live in fear of that over and over again? I'm choosing to use this time to my advantage, hang out with this little dude, hang out with my family, and appreciate that, enjoy that time I get. So that when I have to work, I can say, no, no, I got to work now because I got that time before. And I'm going to make time for that again. But... Right now, I got to earn it. And so if you haven't earned it before, people, earn it through this quarantine. And if you've been earning it hard up until this quarantine, then enjoy your time off. Enjoy your time off. I hope this was another quick little uh, podcast that helped you enjoy your time off. And if you uh, enjoyed it, please send me a line at Traumedy Podcast. Yeah! Traumedy Podcast at gmail.com. Did you hit your face, dude? He's got a pretty sick little caterpillar. Hang on. Here we go. Ready? Donger, donger. Oh, it didn't work. Okay. Traumedy Podcast at gmail.com. Traumedy Podcast at gmail.com, where you can find us at the webpage on Facebook. So we got traumedypodcast.com. And the, the and you can listen to your heart's content and pass it on in Facebook, Traumedy Podcast. So just say hi. Right. Just say hi and hey, oh, by the way, I'm sane and I'm managing cabin fever and I'm enjoying my time off and oh, I like the podcast. Or hey, man, you, um, whatever, just tell me if you got somebody you want to talk, you just want to jive out, bro. I got time and I'd love to hear from you. And if you got it, then use it. And I'm going to go use my time with my little dude right now. So you take care of yourselves. I love you. Stay healthy, stay happy, and stay productive. Take care.